0: Joe.
1: And I'm Kirsten.
0: We've served in church leadership for over two decades.
1: And most of that, we've been on staff together.
0: We're here to talk about our faith, family, and ministry.
1: Welcome to Under the Hood.
0: So I came into the office today, and there is a card sitting on my desk, and it's a card from my mom.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah, my mom lives down in Oklahoma. And, um, and she is an avid listener to the under the hood podcast. She
1: is. And so I know she's
0: listening to this now. So hi mom. And she sent me a card and a little letter into it. And she was listening to our podcast a few weeks back about legacy. Okay. And I had made a comment about being that, you know, some of the Bibles in my family, there was hair in the Bibles. And we joked about how, well, if we were going to save any hair of mine, it'd have to be beard <laughs> <you> hair. Beard. <laughs> be, be beard hair. And um, of course, we laughed about it. It was funny. But my mom pulled out my old baby book.
1: Oh, my goodness. And
0: she mailed me. Um, Your hair? For, uh, hair locks from my very first haircut.
1: <gasps> oh, my goodness. And you had the cutest When hair I was two ever. years old. Look at that blonde Whoa. hair. So I'm,
0: I'm pulling it out right now.
1: We could glue that into your beard.
0: <laughs> my hair was really blonde.
1: It was. Oh, this is baby Joey. It's like angel hair, that golden. Oh, look at that those golden locks. Yeah. So there's Women a, pay thousands of dollars <laughs> to get their hair that color. Like yes, exactly. So
0: that my my first haircut I was two years and four months old, so I didn't have a haircut. <gasps>
1: two years old? Yeah, I
0: had hair that grew down real long, and it started to curl. So you see these curls? Of that it starts to curl up, and so oh I,
1: my goodness! I didn't realize you, that my Jeanette, that's sweet. I didn't realize that
0: my first haircut was I was two and a half years old. I didn't know that it took that long. She
1: really let that stuff grow. I he doesn't grow like that now. You had curls. You had blonde curls. And Brock had the same blonde curls. And we did. We let Brock's hair grow out a lot, yeah, too. But my but hair, cut his hair.
0: My hair was really fine. Brock's hair, he got the Benson hair gene. It is thick. Brock
1: has great hair. Brock has the
0: best hair of any but kid I've ever. But when he
1: was little, I just came across his first haircut. And he was a lot younger. I don't even think he was a year old. And we got it cut. But then after he got it cut... We had him grow his blonde curls out and it got a little too long. It was a little ratty, but oh my word, it's so cute. So, yeah, and he had a similar color than that. That's really fun. Yeah,
0: so that was really blonde. I I didn't realize that it was just that blonde. You should cut your
1: beard hair and put it in the Bible somewhere. Your locks of (laughs) beard. Now,
0: here's a question for you. If,
1: You're thinking about cutting it though to go to Israel. It, so if I, mean, I die, yeah, and
0: you bury me, okay. you dig me up a hundred years from now. Will this hair? I mean, will this hair, will this beard hair still be there? No. Does beard hair decompose?
1: Yes. Well, see, no. so
0: I'm looking at hair here, and this is hair is, is over forty four years old, forty five years old, but it's still perfect,
1: perfect condition. Well, but there's aren't there organisms in the soil that will eat through. True, true that. That. We need to get right to the bottom there.
0: of this. No, you know, sometimes right. when they dig up a mummy or exhume a body and it looks like the hair grew when out, we, well, it looks like the hair grew out all stringy, but it actually, your your body decomposes and the hair didn't grow. It just looks longer. Or am I, am I thinking of something else? Am I nuts here?
1: You're nuts. You're nuts. That's not, I'm but, Googling uh, it. Does Barry, when does, does, all the too. microphones go quiet here, <laughs> it's a very rare occasion, but we're all like, we
0: don't well, know. Well, okay, so like there's hair in the Bible. Okay. There's hair from my mom. But but that all hair looks as perfect as the day they put it in there. But I'm going, if you were buried, would this beard go away? Or well, would I I would
1: I would cut it off first.
0: Or would somebody open up my casket a hundred years from now and go, Whoever that is had a glorious beard. <laughs> <laughs> like, what would, like, what would they say? Oh,
1: my word. Because do well, Okay, Abby. Abby's got an answer, I think. It says, does, does buried hair decompose? The answer is yes, but it decomposes very slowly. Oh. It can take anywhere between one to two years for natural human hair to break down completely in soil. So, in you think soil. about... In It also has to first decompose, break down the coffin, get oh. through all that, right? And then get to you... We're talking hundreds of I years here, people. So We're talking I, hundreds so of years. So I need to make sure. How fast does it take no. for soil to break through a coffin? I don't
0: know, but. Well,
1: here we go. <laughs> well, your research project. Okay, so
0: when if you bury me with a beard, if I still have this. I don't
1: think your mom had the intended conversation with
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying this. I'm looking. Hey,
1: let me send you your baby locks I'm looking, have a very Mormon I'm looking
0: at my hair from two years old, and it looks amazing.
1: I, let's glue some of it to your head. No, no,
0: Just no. Just to see what it looks like. This might have to go in the Bible. Um, oh no, but what I'm saying is if if I die and I still got this beard, put some good beard product in
1: it. Okay, okay. I'm taking Preservatives. Notes. I'm taking notes. Something
0: that won't break down. Can like, you
1: make sure you tell me what like, that is? Because I've I, actually never used beard products before. I have before. no idea. Shocking.
0: But what I think people listening to this podcast right now are going, why am I wasting my time? <laughs>
1: something way more important to share with you today <laughs>
0: Yeah. so and that way more important thing is we have a special guest with us today yeah somebody that's very close near and dear to our hearts we've invited um our new life's executive pastor david brown to come and join us and to tell us his story and he's got a great story he does and he's gonna probably tell you about how um you know, he spent most of his adult life uh, in corporate america and that call that Called calling ministry. by God to come to ministry and that whole yep. process. So I'm excited that he's going to share his story with you. So that's coming up here in a little bit. So today's podcast, Abby. When we write the description, we should say um, "baby hair locks <laughs> decomposing beard" and David Brown. <laughs> is that? <laughs> I think that's the I'm I think, not,
1: beautiful print. <laughs> that is going to be so weird.
0: Anyway, well, we'll we're, come
1: up with a better title soon.
0: We're excited to have David Brown, and he is up next. I am thrilled that we've got a guest with us today. Many of you know who he is already, but David Brown, welcome to the podcast.
2: Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now I know what's going on in this room all the time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For those of you that don't know, we record this podcast in my office. Well, David's office is right right across the hall. And you can hear a lot of laughter between they, these. They
2: get a little loud. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, the loudest, parts, the, the loudest parts
0: the loudest parts are the parts that never make the actual podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <That's
2: wrong laughs> we've
0: we've talked about how funny it would be like if we did a the stuff you never hear, the stuff that doesn't make it on the podcast. And I'm confident Abby has got a whole file of sound bites oh my word. that one day, if she ever needs to burn us with anything, <laughs> she's got, she's got it. She's, she's got keeping
1: it and Abby, am I telling the truth? Oh yeah. All right. Oh, she's yeah.
0: got incriminating <laughs> audio evidence.
1: I can, I'm like replaying all the conversations that she's like, mm, we'll edit that out. We'll that, edit that's that out. called way under the
0: hood. <laughs> it's a whole different, it's under the car. <laughs> That's, uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but anyway, hey, we got David Brown joining us today. And and um and and David joined our staff several years ago. And his journey into ministry was not your typical path into ministry. And what I mean by that is he didn't go to Bible college. He he didn't have that calling as a young man to 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 go into ministry in the sense of like like me, like I felt the calling after my first year in Bible college to I'm supposed to do this. So David had a whole career in front of him, and um, and it was during that season that God called him into ministry. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to tell that story, and we're really excited. So David, uh, without any further ado, why don't you just... Tell us a little bit about yourself first, before we get into some of the other stuff. don't you help people understand who you are?
2: Well, I'm a, a, a young man from <laughs> Stephenville, Texas. I know you'll you'll hear. I hate to hear my voice on on. Uh, Microphones and recordings as well because I've got this deep Texas accent and uh, and it comes out and I first it, when we first hear it you're like Ugh.
1: do you say fixing to fixing
2: to we're fixing <laughs> to you understand yeah. what
1: that means
2: yeah you know,
1: I'm, I'm still trying to figure it Chicagoans
2: out Chicagoans wouldn't know what that no, means no my
1: roommate used it for the first time in college I said what are you fixing and yeah, I was like we're what? fixing
2: breakfast we're going to fix this car you know <laughs> or what we're did your roommate
0: say we're fixing to go to Walmart and Walmart's. he said Walmarts. Walmart's. She was
1: fixing to go to the Walmarts. The Walmarts.
2: She was from
0: Oklahoma.
1: And I was like, what are you fixing? (laughs) I'm so confused here.
2: So that is where I'm from. Uh, So it comes through across a lot. And uh, from lived in Texas, a small town in Texas, for uh, the first 20 years of my life. Then I went to work for a big corporation, which was uh, uh, Colgate-Palmolive. Mm-hmm. and that's where my corporate experience happened uh probably 30 30 years ago and uh um, as joe mentioned um I, I spent my 30 years moved 10 times different markets lived in houston lived in austin texas lived in tampa lived in atlanta lived in uh, fort worth texas and uh, finally ended up here yeah. in arkansas with,
1: and 20 years ago
2: with Colgate. So, yes. is it
1: Colgate Palm Olive? Is yes. That like, so, you're an expert in like toothpaste, fluoride, and, and
2: <laughs> dishes. Yes.
1: It, you is soak it palm your, Olive, yeah, you soak, it, your, hands soak in. your hand Soak your hand in it, Matt. Yeah. yeah, that's
2: right. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh. Well, their marketing worked. Yeah, I still it, it, that.
2: it definitely works. And <laughs> I
0: remember all the Palm Olive commercials. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can, I can close my eyes and I can see it. Like the dishpan hands, wasn't that the dishpan? That's pan? it, man. Yeah, absolutely. The dish, no dishpan hands. Palm Olive. That's right.
2: It was. It was a great company. It was a great ride. Um, and as Joe mentioned, I was in the corporate, and 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 I finally decided I did not want to move up north, and that's kind of when I jumped from Colgate-Palmolive and got it with a local company here and Allen's green beans. If, uh, some people, uh, remember that brand, it's still out there. Um, and worked with them for seven years mm-hmm. and, uh, I was VP of sales there and, uh, they went through a rough patch uh, and went bankrupt a, a couple of years ago. And at that point, I, uh, that's kind of when I started down this road. Um, and, uh, thinking, wait a minute, this corporate climb that I'm doing is not what it's all cracked up to be uh, my my experience with God was was I was growing in that. my knowledge of God was growing in that, and uh, I started I started seeking him a little bit more. it was uh it was probably after uh six a six month severance. That I had, and then in between that, I started kind of reevaluating, and uh, started this church. We found this church. We relocated to Bella Vista, and we were looking for a church. And uh, uh, it's the time that uh, we were meeting in the atrium, and I was like, "This is oh, the crazy. good the good old days, the yeah. good old days." This was before John Moore and yeah. all the LED screens and everything else. It was a
1: simple. Yeah. it was much.
0: Just Much so you, more simple so back you, So you, those of you that don't realize what he's referring to is back in 2016, we did a complete remodel of our auditorium. Mm-hmm. And we just gutted it from floor to ceiling and closed it for three months. And so we moved all of our worship services out to the atrium, our lobby. Which where we are, serve
1: coffee and donuts. Yeah,
0: and our lobby, if you ever if you're ever in there, you, you would walk in and go, This kind of feels like an old sanctuary because it was. It's the sanctuary of the very first building that we had. And so we only had two services back then, but then we jumped to three services, and we started streaming the service to other areas, and that was a really fun three months. We were packed in here like sardines, and then so that's when you first started to come.
2: That's right. Nathan was leading uh, songs. Uh, Ron Pennington was playing the mandolin. I was like, man, (laughs) they they are really grassroots here and everything. they got it going on. They got it going on, and and we were packed in there. It was like, man, it was lively. It was a lively season yeah it was it was crazy so uh, instantly we knew uh, and and you guys were real good about hey this is temporary this you know and and all of that uh, so fast forward a couple of years and uh, I was on the worship team a little bit but mm-hmm. I was elected to the elder board as well and uh, one day Joe preached this message and this is where everything kind of changed fault. for me. Really? Yeah. Um, I, I, I've been going through this for a couple of years and interested in church work and wondering, how does church work, man? There's, I mean, how do they keep the lights on? You know, it's a. Uh, it seems like a very just unbusiness like um, they only
1: work on sunday they
2: only work on sunday
0: yeah. david we still don't know how any of that works so, i mean you know that yes. you You. we were all we're all wondering the same yes, thing I figured it how out. does this it's work
1: to figure that out. so many times we've met people who are like so what do you do during the week then yes like, if you work at the church I, what do you do Monday? we sit around Fridays? and
2: play sing, come by for we, the rest yeah, of the day. i family. had a we, friend we sit
1: around and eat bonbon. i know, had there's a, nothing left to do
0: i had a friend in junior high that um, i was over at his house we were having a swim party and his name was Brandon. And um, and Brandon and I were hanging out by the pool. And he looks at me and goes, dude, your dad's got the greatest job ever. <laughs> I grew up as a PK. All right? So I, I know things. All right?
1: This is probably something he heard sitting around the dining I'm with going, his
0: family. <laughs> I'm going, oh, you think so? How so? He goes, man, your dad just has to work Sunday mornings. so you get the rest of the week off. I'm like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you how much time not, off my dad actually has. Not anyway, A
1: exactly
0: lot of it. Miss- so, so yeah, to, to,
2: so there's you probably are,
0: a lot of people wonder, how does this work
1: over here? Yeah, yeah go ahead.
2: Yeah. So... So Joe was preaching, and he doesn't even to this day he probably doesn't even know which message he was preaching and and he mentioned he said, "You know I've seen corporate guys give their big corporate jobs up and they come work for the and and make the and and their contribution to the church helped it out grow, and everything else and i went and I met him outside, and I said, "So why did you preach that, thinking that it was directly at me and he was like <laughs>
1: How'd you get inside information? And of course,
2: Joe and all his wisdom said, well, why did you think I frenched that? And I was (laughs) like, uh, um, I said, it sounded like you were just talking directly to me. And he said, I said, do you need, actually need business guys? You know, I spent my whole life, spent my whole life making millions for corporations and, and, uh, leading sales teams and leading people like that. And, uh, I came to the realization is especially as your kids get older and everything, you cross this threshold and you say, what is my life going to be like uh, when I sit down and retire and just lay my head down on the pillow and say, you know, what did I do in this life? Mm -hmm. And um, I started the realization of that came around and uh, I wanted to do something with my life that uh, was going to change people's lives. Uh, build something that mattered. Um, I, I mentioned a lot of times uh, during communion messages, and one of my son, my youngest son, with me, he's still with me. Uh, he's going to college next, going off to college uh, next year. And as we were walking around the church, marking trees or doing something that time, um, I, I, I stopped and I said, One day you're going to pass this church and you're going to remember this time when you and your crotchety old dad <laughs> were walking through this forest that is that, that is cleaned out now mm-hmm. and you're going to say i had something to do with that church mm-hmm. my dad had something to do with that church and uh, that was that that's going that's that's the thinking behind this and mm-hmm. uh so going back to jo, to joe's story With this was uh, um, that conversation lasted about a year Mm -hmm. and uh, we went to Stadia and uh, did some um, prep work and see if we were right for the ministry as well you know I
0: remember that season well I mean really that conversation out in the lobby I didn't know it at the time when you're like what do you mean corporate guys leave their jobs and go work for the church? You know, I always, I joke like, well, remember when LeBron James said I'm taking my talents to South beach. (laughs) I said, there's guys that do that all the time and they're taking their talents to the church. Mm -hmm. Like I got gifts and you know, learn all this stuff and it it will And a lot of it translates. And so making
1: a kingdom impact, making a So
0: what we didn't know is that conversation would turn, like you just said, turn into a year dialogue. And you were an elder at the time. Mm-hmm. So you were getting an inside peek on how things work. And I think that season as an, el- as an elder, and that was back during that season when really critical decisions were being made about mm-hmm. the future of the church. So you were a part of, you know, you've been on our team with us since late 2019. But long before that, you were a part of the decision-making body that made really strategic decisions about the future of our church. So you were very much in on that. And I think over that year, that calling uh, got more solidified. Yes, and I'm then sure,
1: I'm sure there were some conversations over chips and salsa or something. Oh, there's oh, been there's <laughs> plenty, <laughs> of,
2: plenty of chips and salsa and <laughs> el Poblitos and, and, and <laughs> some things some like that. Some cheese dip and some.
1: Diet
0: the the yeah. most important decisions in life happen over a bowl of queso. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's right. just that's right. But um, but no. Uh, so it was during that eldership, and that's when our vision and plans. You were an elder during the land purchase and all that stuff. And so wow. um that's when it became very clear that as we move forward, um the 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 and I'm gonna use the word burden because I, I use that in a positive sense. Mm-hmm. The burden of preaching every week, leading the staff, mm-hmm. handling church operations and everything had gotten to the point where I was maxed out. Um and and, and I knew a hard
1: jump for churches to go oh. from having a, the pastor the preacher lead everything to saying, okay, now we need to have another well, yeah. person and, on staff to and I, help do this, take some of the load.
0: Absolutely. And I remember sitting down with the elders and, you know, I I joked recently in a sermon, not joke, but I said, you know, I, I love bragging on our elders because they've, they've done so many, they've made so many strategic decisions. There's another one is that... I sat around the, the elder table, and David was in the room, and I, and I said, guys, I'm going to just gonna be straight up honest with you. My plate is so full that right now, preaching is about sixth down on the priorities right now, because between leading the staff, running the church, organizing this, overseeing the budgets, everything else, when it actually comes to preaching, the thing you've hired me to do, um, it's not getting the attention that I'm just being honest with you. It's mm-hmm. not getting the tension that I would think you think it should be getting, mm-hmm. and um, um, and I'm going to need some help. And you want to throw a building program on top of that? I don't think I can do it.
2: And they
0: agreed with me. Hey.
1: <laughs> and they're like, Yay. and uh, David's like, yes. And yes, I'd like to apply for that job. Yes, yeah, so well, I'm
2: going to step into this, and I think I can. I think I can help. And him. since
1: I'm an elder, yes.
0: Well, that just was, yeah the ongoing conversation and it just all kind of became clear at that point yeah. that it's time to make that jump into that position we call, we would call today the executive pastor and David seemed like a great fit. And so coming back to you had mentioned stadia and I'm going to let you tell that story because um, uh, it's a, we have a lot of good memories of that we can, but, but since David was coming out of corporate America, I personally wanted to make sure that David came into this church world with eyes wide open, you know that it that
1: going from corporate world to church world is a jump,
0: and yes. and you and know a big jump. Even though there's a, a lot against. of parallels, David's about to walk away from, and he won't say this, but I'll say it: um, a financial security <laughs> that the church cannot match. All right, so uh, I think you guys know what I mean by that. So a major transition. In his life in a lot of ways and I was like I want to make sure he knows what he's walking into so we went down and did an assessment it's called a ministry readiness assessment that is put on by stadia which is a which is a church planting organization organization. they're doing incredible work all over the United States and they partner with churches in many ways that are seen and unseen and so we we signed David up for and Judy his wife Judy for a a, a three day ministry. And you I said, and really me, yeah. And uh, we flew to Ohio for this, so David, you can pick it up from there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like
2: okay, so I'm coming from the corporate world, and you know, and and uh, you know, I came from a world if they were not doing their job, you just fire them and go behind the next person. <laughs> and it's like, um, and and you have to do things a little bit differently like that in the church, but um, in Stadia they. they. They throw us in with all these young preachers... and all the, these guys wanting to go into ministry and all the, the young all
1: wearing um their,
2: their skinny jeans, their skinny jeans. <laughs> did
1: you pack your skinny jeans i did Steven? not
2: pack my and i was like a fish out of yeah, water and,
1: like, oh, judy go buy me some skinny jeans real
2: quick. <laughs> judy was like uh and and they the first thing it's like boot camp it really is and they they throw you in with a mixture of these a worship pastor a youth pastor uh you know a preacher church a planners preacher, church planners, mm-hmm. and everything else and they said okay we're we're gonna ch- we're gonna plan a church service. This is one part I remember. Mm. And you have got uh, from here, which is about six o'clock at night, until tomorrow at eight o'clock. And I went it's eight o'clock in the morning, and we are. You're
1: like I'm gonna be up all night.
2: And was like I mean, somebody, there's a service has got to go on, and all this other stuff, and and ever it stressed everybody out, wow. even the the young ones, and they they were like. Uh, so that's kind of when I saw oh. I can do this nice. because it was like it was a scramble and everybody was spinning to plates and trying to get everything else and I just got the whiteboard out and I just And started. you're in there the and, and <laughs> you're
0: you're in there with people you just met and the personalities could Uh-oh. not be any more different, which is all part of it. You know, he, the did, dynamic, yeah, he didn't. He sure. didn't know I was going in as an assessor. I was a part of a team of assessors, and and he didn't know it at the time, but I knew it. They purposely want to get him tired and stress him out and make it complicated because everything we do is has some kind of I'm tired element, and I'm stressed, and I'm working with an eclectic group of people and a wide variety of 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 uh, personalities. And I remember that night. Of that assignment, um, you guys all went back to the hotel, and because uh, everybody was staying in the same hotel. Oh yeah! And I remember walking through the lobby, and and I think. I think back then I was on a pretty heavy uh, exercise regiment so I'm like in the gym shorts and I'm heading to the, the gym and I had a towel and I was I'll see you guys and I see your whole you guys are all spread out there in the lobby
2: we had paper from all <laughs> over the floor all over the tables everything else and it I was I don't know if it
0: was you or Judy you gave me the yeah.
2: I gave what you are the, we doing here yeah. what would <laughs> you do to me
1: did you guys have to plan the worship service and do the worship service oh
2: yeah, yeah. A to Z whole thing. so
1: it was the whole you had to yeah. go put on like an hour to an hour and a half long worship service. Oh, so it yeah. wasn't just like putting it together in planning center. It was like hey, someone's got to preach. Someone's got to lead somebody's worship. Sing, somebody's got to sing.
2: Somebody's got to preach. Somebody's got to do communion. And worship.
0: To um, I remember walking past you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> I was walking past you guys, had the towel over me and I prayed for you. Oh uh, Lord, <laughs> show them what they need to see because I could just, and the group you were in, I it had to have been the most diverse group of them. There was probably like what 30 of us, and they're broken up into groups. It,
2: it prepared wife. me more for ministry <laughs> with a bunch of creative people in one room <laughs> than I've ever known. And it was so spot on, so spot on that it was just like, That's okay, awesome. this is real world. Because pretty much everybody on our team are, are creative uh, um Extroverted or and And Mac users and and Mac users, none of them are PCs. Nobody even knows what Microsoft is, and they're (laughs) just like this. So,
1: well, I know what uh, PC stands for, but
2: (laughs) can't say that on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, it, it really did prepare me for that, and and uh, um, and and we with our experience and Judy's very good with, uh, with, uh, that whole process as well. And, uh, probably more suited for, for ministry than I am, but, uh, just cause she's been involved with church work and everything before I had been involved. So, uh, but, um, it, after that it was, they assessed us and Joe assessed us and, uh, what four or five other people did. Yeah, four,
0: well. four other church leaders and pastors and the stadia team and, and, um, uh, And what I recall, um, and I've got all the paperwork somewhere in a file, but you guys scored so highly. They were like, absolutely. We have, from everything we can see, this couple is primed and ready to make this That's jump awesome. and serve the Lord and and um it just affirmed what we already <laughs> felt in our hearts. So
2: they are the oldest people in the room. <laughs> <laughs> in the no, you know, I
1: will say this. Joe and I, a little side story, Joe and I actually have gone through an assessment before. We were years and years ago, we were talking about planting a church, and so we've gone through a stadia assessment. And not everybody gets that. Like I don't know if they scored us or not. I know that they offered us. They invited us to come play in church. church. So apparently we passed, but um, not everybody in that assessment was offered that position because they realized not everybody is cut out for that. same with our group. We had the group a group
2: yeah. that the group that I had, there was a person in there and, and uh, he did not, they flat
0: out said, we do not, not recommend that he ever go work for a church.
2: Wow. And I
0: concur. And it I mean, was hard
2: I, because he was in my group and it was like, okay, how how do you, how do you, Group these people and and show them because uh, I knew what was going on. We're we're trying to evaluate ourselves as well as we knew we were being mm-hmm. evaluated, and uh, try to try to bring that out in everybody. And you try to, and that's what you try to bring out the best in everybody, and mm-hmm. uh, leading that team. So
1: you can't drag everybody along. No, I mean you either. Are cut out for it, or you're not. I right. mean, it really is one of those.
2: And you, and it stands out if you're not. For and, sure. And uh, that was that was the most interesting thing out of it. But it, I call it two a days for ministry, <laughs> and uh, it, it was it was jam packed and uh, um, and an old church, and it was a it was really cool setting. I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was probably the coolest thing that I've been through. Yeah, they converted ministry. an
0: old church yeah. thing that. Well, we got and then, on a plane and, then, and flew back home, and we all knew, hey, I, this is—we know yeah. where this is going. That yeah. was in, um, that was late, the fall of 20, to 2019.
1: 2019,
0: yeah. And so you became the executive pastor in November or December?
2: It was it was December, December. and uh, we were rocking along until March, and then COVID hit. That's right. <laughs> and I went, well, this one wasn't covered in stadium. <laughs> yeah,
0: this was not in the assessment. This what was- happens when a worldwide pandemic hits?
1: What I remember is you came on staff in December, and the term... Welcome to ministry became... It became a mantra. Yes.
2: It was like, I need to put it on over my door.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Welcome
2: to ministry. That's right. So
1: anything that happened that was weird or, I mean, you say unusual, because ministry is always, every corner you turn, it's like, well, that was unusual. But um, every time, every day, there was, well, welcome to ministry. Mm -hmm. But then March, like you said, then March hit, and no one was, not one church was ready, like ultimately prepared. We were prepared online, but we we could no longer say welcome to ministry because we were all going.
2: <gasps> well, seriously, what we do? It, yeah, it was new ground, and I think everybody was on new ground, and and we the the staff was working remote. I was I was coming into the office just because I that was just ingrained in me but i was like okay we got to get a zoom meeting and uh um get get everybody together and we talk we what do we have? A Zoom? What?
1: We met together and prayed every, together. We Zoomed Zoom it every morning. Every morning. Yeah. 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 And connected. Some people sidebarred off to the side with Zoom and um, others of us. I mean, we were coming in still every week to record yep. and yep. Uh, to record Joe. Or we did daily worship. connects. Those were
2: my oh. favorite.
1: I yes. <laughs> love them. Miss oh, them. Missed them.
0: <laughs> I'm sure some people appreciated them. But man, every. Day we were doing these devotionals for the church because we were doing everything we could to try to keep our church family connected through this weird. Remember we used to we did the live events where we we did the those were a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: we did some giveaways, but I I hope you all hear my sarcasm in our <laughs> daily connect video and how much we miss them because. I don't.
0: So, David, you're on board. We're doing Daily Connects. We're worshiping online. And you're learning a brand new
2: job. Brand new job. And so, basically, I just start practicing some of the things that I'd learned in in the corporate world and just kind of applying that to to this and seeing trends and things like that. Because our audience left the building, but Mm -hmm. they, they did go online. And it kind of showed us how important our online service was and some of the things that we could and couldn't do. And, and uh, um, it, it, so started tracking all of that and, and uh, started seeing trends around that and started applying those trends to it and uh, just uh, spread that out to attendance and everything else. So uh, it was it really—that's when I'm the most comfortable within ministry. Um, when I'm not most comfortable, it's usually when when somebody comes in and and I, uh, you know, I'm just. Can I say that when the homeless people show up, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a little. It's always
1: I, a different day.
2: Yes, it's a different day, yeah. and and uh, they take a beeline to me, and that's usually what. Uh, uh, that's usually I, I I struggle with that portion of it, mm-hmm. um, but. I'm always very comfortable and I'm always thrown into the HR issues this the the counting issues operations uh, operations and things like that that's my sweet spot. Mm-hmm. But uh, the which is a lot of what being an executive
0: pastor does. Yeah. It's about daily operations, running things, budgets, making making sure that everything is well, cruising it's, along.
1: It's the stuff that you're never prepared for mm-hmm. that always kind of throw you for a loop. And so when someone stops by and it's a it's always a different day, always yep. a different story, always it's a different. And you're story. like, okay, yeah. how am I going to do this? And but,
0: a lot of times, people are like, I need to talk to a pastor, and and somehow your name gets called a lot around I, here, and yep. you.
2: And, and, and But it's grown me a lot. Absolutely, and, and it, yeah. Those are the things that stretch me. And uh, uh, you guys have, are good at throwing me into the communion messages. And uh, I was used to being up on stage with worship and everything and, and doing things like that. Announcements, I remember one time I was coming back from my brother's house in, in Hot Springs, and uh, um, I got a phone call and said, David, can you do announcements tonight? And I went, I'll be there in an hour, <laughs> and okay, I'll send you your script by email. And it was the worst <laughs> announcements ever made. That's when we did them all. That's when we talked about everything. That's, that's, yeah, know. that's you when know. we took. There's
1: only 21 that you have to announce tonight. Okay, that's right. That's can you, right. Can you memorize all 21 yes. in the next 45 minutes?
2: So it was that was that was interesting. But I got to see how a church works by faith. And uh, um, because we were in an error, in a time when this country has never seen, uh, our elders had never seen. Joe, I, I was looking at him. What are we do? Hey, we're on
0: uncharted waters here, my friend. That's yeah. kind of, we're going to figure this out together. Well, yeah. and
1: I, What I thought was unique about your situation too, being here, you're in charge of a lot of the finances or all the finances. Mm-hmm. And that was a financial situation mm-hmm. for everyone across the board, every church, every business, every organization of some... Instability, like not knowing. I remember and it was, you
0: talking about how your faith got stretched through that. One. It, yeah. it
2: was a it was a stretch because my plan. I started I started planning. Okay, what happens if people stop coming, stop giving? Because you say whatever you will, a church survives by uh, giving. And I said, okay, we've got. Okay, if we if everybody get, dries up and everything goes, and we've got two months of operation here, and I started doing those scenarios, and I remember going to elder meetings and say, okay, guys, if everything dries up tomorrow, we've got this
1: much. <laughs> You're always at the death con. I was at level. the death con,
2: le- and and about two months. It took me about two months to do that, and I said. I don't need to be doing this anymore mm-hmm. because it's not happening. We were growing at the time, and mm-hmm. our giving was growing, and the faith of, of our elders was showing. And And at some point, God said, hey, you worry about the accounting piece of it. I'll worry about the giving, mm-hmm. and uh, um, this thing is going to continue yeah. to happen. And as long as you guys are faithful at what you're doing, and that's when the decisions were being made, hey, we're going to move forward with this. God didn't tell us to wait. God didn't tell us to stop. That's right. God wants us to build a church. And I remember at one point in an elder meeting, somebody said, are we going to build a church or not? Mm -hmm. Mm. And at that point, I was like, oh, this is good. This is real. And
1: you know I think uh, we have a lot of ministry friends because we went to Bible college and so a lot of our friends are in full-time ministry and to that point there were so many of our friends that their churches were either on spending freezes or something mm-hmm. not all of them but some of them where they were people were leaving financial.
0: and not coming back
1: yeah they and they or they were watching online and not giving and not realizing things still you know bills still have to be paid um ministry have to be given. Ministry yeah.
0: continues whether we're and so even online though or not. we were
1: sitting at home, we were still doing, you know, online this or online that, or uh we did snack packs for the schools mm-hmm. and all kinds oh, yeah. of ministry. Oh, oh yeah,
0: I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh I
1: remember okay. that. Jill's <laughs> That's That's favorite ministry. <laughs> but what I mean is that there were a, our another church, podcast. Yeah, that is another podcast. Our church never saw a dip. And a lot of churches had to go on spending freezes and stop spending and our church kept going. And if anything, we saw an increase rather than a decrease, Mm. which was amazing.
2: Yeah, and it, it, when it's basically taking everybody's jobs kind of changed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when people aren't in the church, you, you pivot and you start doing things that you typically wouldn't do during the week, and, and that's kind of what we did. We were, we were prop holders. We were camera holders. We were uh, working behind the scenes. There were people uh, doing things like packing snack packs and, and yeah. things like that, going over there, and the church work just kind of changed and it yeah. shifted. Uh, but it it never stopped yeah. and uh uh we never uh we never did uh, uh, uh miss a beat on it yeah. and uh that's one thing i love about this church and i'm just going to give our church a, a plug is is um they never faltered they never stopped uh they never stopped coming some of them didn't understand the online situation but the the faithfulness was just there, and the generosity was always there. And uh, that's, that's the reason we were able to also step forward and say, we're going to build this church. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of uh, how the whole scenario worked out. Yeah,
0: I tell people all the time that if you just looked at the paper version of New Life during COVID, you would never know anything was different. In fact, you would say, I, I would say, we you know it was hard being online for a couple of months but we thrived in mm-hmm. a lot of ways we grew we we had a lot of people come to know our church family because they were looking for answers in a church and they found ours and and we i mean it's hard to it's hard to describe but in many ways we became a healthier stronger church through covid than without it and but it was just different you couldn't like point to anything other than like but on paper Everything was strong and solid. And and I think the evidence of that was when we came out of the COVID season and we saw our church come roaring back mm-hmm. with massive enthusiasm and intensity when the majority of churches in our country were not. And I was talking to um, um, a friend of mine who works for one of our Bible colleges. and um, um, And he's actually in a position where he tracks this stuff a little mm-hmm. bit. And he said to me, you know, my observation is this if you were a healthy church going into COVID, you became healthier through it and were in a much better position after. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. said, but if you went into COVID as an unhealthy church, you got worse during COVID mm-hmm. and you were worse for it after. Wow. So so the healthier churches before, the adversity pushed them towards a healthier mm-hmm. version of themselves. And I'd like to think that we were in that category as a church. Yes, I think absolutely. we went into COVID healthy, the adversity of it, uh, made us healthier, well, and we, and and we, we came out trying better. Trying to
1: figure out how to do church online, we already kind of had done that and figured that out. So when it forced us into only doing it online, mm. we were ready. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. we were coming in and we were running cameras and holding wires and shooting videos and all kinds of stuff. That was the a, a new type of ministry that yeah, we the, all got jumped the into. The auditorium
2: became a, a studio for yeah. us and. and at, at that point and and, as we came out of covid we were we 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 had to bring some services back we we were try, trying different times oh, yeah. different things we did an outside service and uh, that was <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah I, remember. I remember that, and the and, screen that nobody could see yes, remember what we
0: yes. set up that twenty foot inflatable screen, and the sun was and on we do some worship, yeah. and we didn't anticipate the sun oh, was oh, going to yeah, be yeah,
1: shining it was a sunset and you yeah. can't
0: see it it's like Oh, well things you things you you don't know till you don't till you don't know. You don't know what you don't know.
1: Is that but, the stuff that we can go oh let's blame the executive pastor on? That's, that's that.
0: right. That's <laughs> right. Yes.
2: So in essence though after that it was for me it was like building a church again. So I yeah. I kind of now this is just now coming to me is coming from that and going from zero people in the auditorium to averaging eleven twelve hundred 1200 people a week, um, we, we, we saw that grow. And I think we'll see that thing that grow with an opening of the next campus as well. Absolutely. But I feel like I've experienced that already, yeah. except, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't have to manage through, um, you know, landscaping and furniture and, and putting sheetrock rock up and things like that. trees. So, yeah. and trees.
0: Well, you know, through all this, what's kind of neat is that, you know, this is kind of like, uh, in many ways it's like a picture of how life is you come in with one expectation and then everything changes and you got to forge your own path and make it work mm. and that's definitely what you've had to do because all the a lot of the things that we talked about coming into it it all changed when we went through the COVID and we and and i would say this that we're operating in a new normal it's not like it was before Mm-mm. it's no. it's a new normal and so you're carving the path as executive pastor, and um, you know, just like with all ministry things, you, you, we all do a lot more than we thought we were going to do, mm-hmm. and um, and it's like, yeah, I didn't really anticipate that, but here we are, and that's mm-hmm. what do we say around right mm-hmm. here? Welcome to ministry. Welcome, what, what do we tell everybody when I make sure I remind everybody when we're out there hauling tables and chairs, I, and I tell people all the time, all of our staff, yeah. especially our newer ones, our young ones, I say, hey, look. I've served in churches that were as small as like 30 or 40 people, and I've been a part of churches that had over 2,000 people in it, and one constant denominator in every church experience that I've ever had in my life is you will always haul tables and chairs. <laughs> if New Life grows to be a church of 10,000 one day, we will be hauling tables and chairs. That's just a constant, and um, and I let those things remind me that, that this is all... We're all doing the Lord's work, and it doesn't matter what seat you're in in this team, um, you're going to haul tables and chairs. It's just, and that to be a reminder to you that there's not any job that's above you or beneath you. We're all going to jump in and do it. And so I look at David's job, and I'm going, we are forging ahead with the strength that God provides, and we don't know what tomorrow holds a lot of times. And sometimes, what we think tomorrow's going to hold doesn't hold that at all. Yeah. But um, well, anyway. Since I, David
1: I, came on staff, our staff meetings, we have a lot more bar graphs <laughs> and <laughs> statistics, percentages. And they and love so, them.
2: You know, the staff really loves them. <laughs> I mean, it is it brings the yawn factor.
0: <laughs> if you if you oh, need if something pie it. charted out, David, your man. Well, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: well, I'll say in Bible college, that was not one of the classes that we took of how to lead staff meeting and show all your staff. Statistics, But since you came, it is valuable information. Usually we're like, oh, and if there's any kind of nerd information, we always give it to you.
2: She is just trying to make it. She's
1: <laughs> Did you all know that David's actually my boss?
2: <laughs> yes. Absolutely.
1: So I say, yeah, in all love and respect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, wait till we turn the microphones off.
1: <laughs>
2: no, well, no,
1: I, I mean, it really though. Those are super important in details and information to show growth. It's just and business. So, it's business
2: yeah. practices that I brought to the table. Now, some of it's probably over the top and. Uh, no, over our it, heads. I love <laughs> heads. I've scaled it back, but uh, you know, when I can trend Easter for the last seven years and show you, okay, this is where yeah. this is where attendance was, and this is, and, and this is where it's going to go over the next future years is helpful as well. So it's very nerdy stuff uh, that uh, you Nerd guys talk. are like. Any I look out over the staff you. meeting and then I see everybody <laughs> with their eyes crossed. I'm like, okay, it's time to quit. <laughs>
1: To move on. It's time to move
2: on. Let's well, David open the Bible
1: and talk about this verse, and we're like,
0: okay. That? <laughs> I'm right. ready would, for Bible study after that. David, this is gonna put you on the spot a little bit, but as we wind this down, is um you've been at this now since December of 2019. Is there and if you can't think of anything, that's fine, but Ken, what is the David today? If you could give one piece of advice to the David from three and a half years ago or four years ago, can you Is there anything that you would say? To, or or warn,
1: could, could you, warn
0: that What David? would you say to the younger David that's getting ready to be like, I'm going to be New Life's executive pastor. I'm going to my ministry so assessment. I
2: would say, dude, sell your house and get into ministry now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, awesome. Because it's uh, it's probably the best job. I started working in a grocery store. I ended up working around grocery stores. And uh, uh, the best job that I've ever had is working for... Um, working for the church, working for God because you really are working and you're 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 just taking his commandments mm-hmm. and taking the and, and just saying you're making disciples and you're spreading the gospel that's what we do and uh, uh, it's a step in faith it's a scary thing um, and it's uh but it's the most rewarding thing that I've ever done in my whole entire life so Awesome. That's what I would say. I love
1: that.
0: Well, I love it too and I, I'll just say I love working with you mm-hmm. and I can tell you oh, that thank you. I can tell you that my role got better when you showed up.
2: Mm-hmm. Cool.
0: And it pushed the preaching back to the top because you know what I did? I basically just said, and here you go. And <laughs> <laughs> I just I lay, and and it's honestly, and I've told you this privately before David, but I think I have become a much better preacher since your arrival and because i have more time than i've ever had to work on sermons um i've uh, i've been able to create the space that i've always needed to do that and i definitely feel like i'm a better preacher today than i was before covid and a lot of that is just i have the mental space now and the time to pray through and walk through and take that extra time to dig deeper into certain aspects when before i'm just trying to pull it together and 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 and, and it was just you know it just was what it was. And I think that's why I appreciate about the level of honesty and openness we have with our leaders here is like, I don't have enough left in me to do all this and build a building and all this stuff. And so I can say that, that, that you're coming has made me a better preacher because you've taken a lot of those day-to-day operational stuff off of me, and I can really focus on the thing that God called me here to do and what the elders called me here to do. So, I say it's a win-win yeah, all the way sure. around. Absolutely.
2: So, thank you very much,
0: well, but man, thank, and thank you and for
1: being here today too. And I would just say one last what a thing: great thing.
0: There is nobody in this church that's had more hours spent going over. Building plans, carpet samples, tile, this and that. We were walking through the building the other day and they had tiled all the bathrooms for the new building. And I'm like, this is really cool tile. And I forgot, David and I picked this tile like a year and a half ago. I forgot about it. Like,
2: yeah, I didn't even remember that. (laughs) Did we pick that?
0: that. Oh, we must have done that. That I'm sure we had help. Oh, we had lots of help. But what I can say, nobody has done more heavy lifting yeah. on this second campus than David Brown. For sure. And so that's a lot of the work that nobody sees, but I see it, we see every it, Every
1: detail. I mean, if any of you have ever built a house, you multiply that by how many for a church building, and every... Every color, every carpet, every corner has to be covered with something and built a certain way and designed a certain way, and you had your fingers in all of it. Yeah. And I'd
2: like to just say I, I would push it back to some of our volunteers, and uh, those yep. guys have really put a lot of sweat equity into it. And mm-hmm. uh, on the, the guys, Chris Ireland and, and those, that group over there, those guys, uh, they've really put some time into it, but uh, uh, I appreciate it
0: that's awesome David
1: yeah thank you thanks for for sharing sharing your your story story. glad you could be a part of the the Underhit Podcast appreciate
0: it absolutely and
2: uh,
1: next time we're going to have to have Judy with you or Judy But we just talked about this
2: then the fun factor goes up
1: have Judy and I talk without you guys in the room
0: (laughs) fine with me we'll go eat a bowl of queso that's right
1: That's all for today's show. We want to thank our amazing producer, Abby O'Brien. Be sure to check out our show notes and the links for things that we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Under
0: the the Hood, hood. Not a Car Show.